the Kid Men Gold Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Southern California, also known as the Mission Field. California is an awesome place to live. We get to do life right here in the Golden State. And the good news is that ultimate life, real life, comes from knowing and experiencing the great God who loves us first and calls us to himself. And you know what? It should include the kids. Since some of God's favorite people are kids, at Kidman Gold, we're talking about real life, what makes kids tick, and how we grown-ups can better connect and become fluent and speak their language. Let's do that together. Hey, everyone. I'm Robin Garvin, and I'm hanging out uh, with my friend. I'll introduce him in just a second, but welcome to Kid Men Gold. What is that? It's a brand new podcast where we're going to talk about things that impact kids' lives. I'm here with DJ Mastin, longtime friend, ministry partner. Uh, hi, DJ. How hi. are you, sir? I'm great. We've I'm done great. a lot of things together. We have done many, many things. We're going to unpack that for a little yes, bit. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about about uh first off i mean i went to kids camp when you were our speaker and then the first event i ever did with you was a women's event what yeah it was it was <laughs> really? you and Susie star uh were doing a women's event at the disneyland hotel oh my goodness you're right and uh i brought some dancers and some kids yeah. up and we did a big old dance number on the stage at the disneyland i totally hotel. forgot about that and that was the first thing i ever really did with you and i thought okay. that was like the coolest thing like the robin garvin is asking me to do events <laughs> it was pretty awesome that's awesome. That's awesome. So DJ, you were a kid at kids camp. We, I really want to hear some of those stories, but I just want to give you a heads up. Yes. Right from the get go. All right. Mm -hmm. This podcast is called Kidman Gold. Gold is precious. Yes. Cold gold is something you go for, you go after. So I'm just going to encourage both you and me mm -hmm. to be listening this whole conversation. Because then when we when we wrap it up, I'm going to ask you, what's the nugget? Mm. What's one thing that has rise to the surface for you? Some action point you want to take? Some, I don't know, something that leaves you with some on wonder of what God's doing in the world. I like it. Okay. Sounds so great. you be thinking and giving you a heads up on that. Okay. So we right now, Deej, we are sitting in your church. Yeah. Grand Central Collective. <clears throat> uh -huh. So it's not the Grand Central Collective. It's not Collective. the Grand Central Collective. I did that Collective. by accident. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's fine. Grand I Central Collective. Yeah. In Santa Clarita mm -hmm. and how cool. And I've um <laughs> I've been at your last two campuses. Mm -hmm sites and now here you are in this one um i mean i think this stuff matters so tell me a little bit about your sure. church here yeah 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 okay so it has been a journey and i won't go into too too many details on how we got to where we are now um but the first campus that you were talking about was north hollywood yeah um and that was um a pretty uh influential church in the community at the time mm -hmm. and um huge church it took up like a whole city block and it was one of the biggest churches in the valley um and uh through a series of uh unfortunate events i'll be honest <laughs> i read that um, book <laughs> yeah yeah right uh, um we ended up going uh t taking the whole church and we went up to um one of our other campuses and we moved the whole church up there to granada hills and we were there for quite a, a few years and then um we just felt god calling us out and it was a hard um 
uh, step of faith to take. And, you know, we didn't, we, we knew that we kind of, in our own physical mentality has reached the pinnacle of everything that we can do in that area. Yeah. Um, a little bit of backstory. You guys are really nestled in a, in a suburb. It was, it was an interesting location. Mm -hmm. It was in the middle of a suburb, like you just said. And, um, it, the church before we got there and took it over had been there for years and years. Oh, it's a and a lot of people thought it was a post office or a, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so even when we would do advertising and, um, even networking and trying to get into the community, um, it was always an uphill battle. And, and honestly, I think, especially in Southern California, that's the, um, the, the story of almost everybody's ministry yeah. journey yeah. is it's an uphill battle because, you know, everybody in SoCal is heathens, but, <laughs> um, it was, it was an uphill battle and we were really trying to, uh, you know, um, seek what was next for us as a church and do we stay there? Um, and we felt God calling us up here and, um, through a series of fortunate events, uh -huh. we got this beautiful facility up in, um, Santa Clarita. It's like Newhall technically, but yeah. I'm still within the Santa Clarita Valley and the people up here are great. It's not as, um, uh, jaded, I think as a lot of people in the Valley and I still live in the Valley. Okay. Um, but it's just, it was a very different environment. It was a very different uh, atmosphere. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I'm not going to go too crazy, but a lot of other churches didn't like the fact that we were planting and, and, you know, kind mm -hmm. of invading their turf as they saw it. But when we came up here to Santa Clarita, they were, um, they were very welcoming and the churches in the area were like, what do you need here? Let us pray for you. Do you need anything? Wow. Like let's network. And so we've, we've gotten connected with a lot yeah. of churches up here and they've been very open and very charismatic about us being here. So it's a very different environment and it's really Would great. Would you say there's enough uh, heathen for everybody? <laughs> oh, of course there is. Of course there is. Yeah. There's enough people. Yeah. People. You know, the, you know, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And it's so true. it doesn't matter where you go. Um, and we're all on one team anyway. So it's, you know. But pursuing it, <laughs> the will of God is always, uh, mm -hmm. well, you, you kept using, you dropping that faith word in there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. discerning, like, Lord, does this, what you want us to move mm -hmm. you know and it's give a, up give up one thing we know mm -hmm. for something we don't know yeah yeah and honestly us coming up here was a huge it was a leap of faith and it, it still is you know uh -huh. we're, we're having to cultivate this ground really really hard and we really are yeah um but god is continuing to open up doors of um amazing in all um, your growth. ministry time uh you know in those last two sites and your entire adult life has mm -hmm. been in ministry yeah have you ever had a school connected with you guys before i yes. guess you haven't you've yeah. done the preschool thing yeah before. yeah okay. um and i'll be honest uh both times weren't that great of an experience <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um so yeah may maybe off off mic we'll talk about okay. our experiences okay. on that okay. but um but this was uh we did open up a preschool here it's been running for about um a couple of months now and within those two months, we're almost, um, we're, we're getting close to capacity. So wow. it's, wow. Um, you know, we're, we still need to jump over that next hurdle, but yeah. we're, it's really cool to see God working. I, I think that is part of the wave of the future mm -hmm. for our 
churches is to find other ways to get people in the building. Absolutely. Um, seven days yeah. a week, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is, however yeah. you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, if you can make some income, that's, that's also helpful it, and meet a felt helps. need for your community. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that well, actually does. Yeah. What we ended up doing was with our outreach with, um, with our preschool is that we knew that we needed to, um, make it affordable because it's definitely not cheap out there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm not doing a plug, but our prices are incredibly competitive wow. with um, wow. things around here. And so it's, it's, it has been a blessing for cool. a lot of other families too. Yeah. People are desperate yeah. to help them out with their kiddos. Okay. So you are here in Santa Clarita, DJ, you are a husband and a father of three. Mm -hmm. When I first met you, of course, you were a kid. But, I mean, I remember the wedding and then, yeah, you know. Yeah, I used to be a party of one. I know, yeah. party of one, and now you're a party of, what, five? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, we've okay. been married for uh, 16 years now. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's been great. I love my kids. I love my wife. Yeah. And, you know, I met my wife working at Disney, and, uh, you know, she just got a, a raise and a promotion, and, um, congrats, over the last, Lauren. yeah, congrats yeah. Lolo. And then, um, over the last, uh, year and a half, almost two years now, I've kind of switched directions of what I do for the company. Um, still bivocational and still involved in ministry and running all of, you know, all things tech Yeah, and now helping out with this awesome podcast. Yes, so thank you for your generosity. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So funny story about the podcast okay. is that, um, I used to run a podcast. I think that's actually one of the questions on your, uh -huh. on your thing, but we'll, we'll, we'll come that's back right. to that if you need to. But um, our producer who's sitting right over there, Adam Tucker, uh, he's waving. Um, we, uh, we had a semi-successful podcast. I would, I would say so. Okay. And it was during COVID. Um, yeah. and it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it, okay. it was, it was before COVID into COVID, right? In COVID. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah. And God put that on my heart and I asked Tucker if he wanted to get involved and he was very excited about that. So, um, we launched it and then it was, you know, it, it had some traction, but then once we got into COVID, it really started taking off a yeah. whole lot more because we were all digital and it was a way for people to still engage, um, with us and just kind of with what they were going through. And we, I, we even had a lot of people that, um, were non-believers that were listening and were really, um, affected by it in a positive way. So that was really great. Tell us the name of your, it was, was Grace your Guys. Grace Guys. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, um, you know, they, they were really impacted by it. And so we stopped doing it for a while. And I think the intention was to come back, but my life got busy. Tucker's life got busy. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up, um, uh, you know, indefinitely taking a hiatus never with no, never. with no, well, no intention <laughs> to come back. Grace guys, I think ran its course, but, um, a few months ago I was talking with Lauren and I had really felt God put on my heart that I needed to be involved in a podcast of some kind. Interesting. And I didn't know. And she was like, yeah, with what time? And I said, no, I know I have no time, but I really feel like I'm supposed to be in a podcast. Mm. And, um, so, uh, I got invited to one of your uh, executive team yeah, meetings yeah. and that was on the agenda that you were starting a podcast and the whole time you kept looking over to me because I'd actually done one before and so I looked over at Lauren and she said well there's your answer there so, it is that's so cool mm -hmm. well the hopes with this one with this podcast is that we're a part your church included a part of a great network of churches all across southern mm -hmm. California and even beyond I mean 
yes, we're a part of a network right here in SoCal, but we're part of a, a movement across yeah. the United States and globally, the Assemblies of God and um, the SoCal network here, uh, roughly about 500 churches, roughly about 250 kidmen, mm-hmm. pastor, directors, and um, to, I, I really feel like my number one value or way to serve them best is for them to not feel alone mm-hmm. in their in their job huge. and in their ministry and to know they've got a, a friend. Yeah. And if we and hanging out together, having great conversations, talking about things that matter, about the kids, that God's how God uses the church and how relevant the church is today to right yeah. now in this time, um, I think is uh going to do a great service. Yeah. Actually a great service. And I want to do it and have a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I really feel that, um, I, I don't ever, I, I want to get out of the ideology that we're in a post pandemic world. It's like that, that time has passed. Let's okay. move on, you know? But, uh, but I think that a lot of people are still struggling with trying to figure out how Rather to operate. <laughs> and, um, and so I think that this is a great opportunity for us yeah. to, you know, show them that they aren't alone. And, um, I know we're also going to talk about social media engagement a little bit too, but to, um, to really engage with them and when they need help, you know, we are here for them, yeah. but to also know that, you know, they're not alone. We're all doing this and we're all trying to figure this out. And we're all time. tripping. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we're all tripping. We're all yeah. trying to figure it out. We're all taking swings. Mm-hmm. We're all leaning into Jesus, Yeah, asking him for help. And um, anyway, to do that together, mm-hmm. I think is a really important thing. So Deej, you've done a lot of jobs. I don't know if you've done a lot of jobs. I, I know have, Disney. I've done a ton what of jobs. What are some of the jobs you've done? Dude, I worked at Express Men for a while. <laughs> Um, in the fashion world. Yeah. Okay. I um I worked at Six Flags. I so I worked at three theme I parks. Six yeah. Flags. I worked okay. at Six Flags. Yeah. Um I was a ride operator for the Dive Devil. And then um I was a VIP studio guide for Universal Studios. And then prior to that, oh, I, I actually you was the script. Yes. Yeah. I was a pyrotechnic for, for Universal Studios for a while. Mean? I blew stuff up. You blew stuff I blew up. stuff up. Okay. Yeah. So now, I did one that for a while. particular ride or? Uh, it was mainly for the Waterworld show. And yeah. there was a, we used to have a, a rock and roll musical called Spider-Man Rocks. Okay. And it was a rock and roll musical about Spider-Man. And so I helped with the pyro in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then years later, I went back and I gave tours to um, celebrities and executives. And then after that... At Universal. At Universal, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then all throughout that time, ever since 2005, I've been um, working at Disney. And even within that company, I've done a bunch of uh, stuff. You, <clears throat> were you a... Did you do tour? Were you the jungle? I did. No, I never no, was a never skipper. Did. I was never a skipper. <laughs> well, I, I know a skipper. Okay. I know quite a few of them, okay. but... Um, one of them is actually uh, I'm done just curious. kids' ministry. I mean, yeah, little yeah, sidebar yeah. here. Yeah. Do they ever get to put in their own jokes, or is it all scripted? Uh, most of it's scripted. Will they have to kill you yeah. if you tell me? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I, I thought about that too. I think that there was at at one time um, uh, a want to promote their own creativity, and yeah. then I think uh, and maybe they had to ring that they back. had to ring that back <laughs> in a little bit. So I I think that now if they do have a joke, they can pitch it and then they can see if um, okay. the department wants to establish that as something that's scripted and an approved source of gotcha. comedy. That, you know, <laughs> in this world of litigation. 
Disney especially. And, you know, one man's funny is another one's Yeah, yeah. Offense, you never right? know who you're going to yeah. offend nowadays. Right. Everybody but I, we all know everything. what the backside of a water waterfall looks that like. That one, yeah, that one's approved, <laughs> it yes. It totally works. Yeah. It totally works. Nah. Okay. <laughs> well, um, like you have had many, many jobs. Um, I was a fire breather at one point, too. You were a fire breather. A fire breather, yeah. And that requires... Putting fuel in your own throat, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, or is it just hang right in your cheeks? How does that work? Well, yeah. So the I learned. Um, who was it? Uh, Jake was it Jason? Jason Friend. Yeah, yeah Jason yeah. Friend taught me how to blow fire, and um, he but did you it. Asked for it. I asked for. It. He mm-hmm. did it at one kids camp, and I was on staff, and I was in the back, and I saw him do it, and I was just like, "Oh, dude, you got to teach me." And so, um, yeah, I. I went over to his condo afterwards, and he yeah. taught me how to do it. Um, we used uh, a substance that, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know, yeah, <laughs> I know <laughs> that we that we Hard typically stuff. don't want to bring that we typically don't want to bring onto campus yeah. uh, grounds for ministry purposes uh, solely, <laughs> right? solely, right? Yeah, um, and uh, as far as I know, that type of um, liquid has been um, banned, so you can't buy it anymore. But uh, ever since then, um, I actually went and I googled what do like carnival performers use yeah. and they use um let's all look to the carnies for yeah <laughs> they they know everything yeah. you know um but uh it was paraffin oil that's what you put into tiki torches oh okay, okay. as long as you don't swallow it okay so and have you i have but it, not not like mass amounts yeah. but it'll make you sick it could damage okay. you pretty much so okay yeah so if there are any kids that are watching <laughs> don't do that but yeah, you put it in no, your cheeks and you and you, you like you spit it like you're spraying and you do it to a flame and it makes a pretty cool effect. You know, but... it's on wonder. When yeah. I saw it happen in chapel, which we did not ask permission. Yeah, for I know. <laughs> there were a lot of things that we've done in chapel that, that we don't was, ask permission was for. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. So speaking of kids camp, Deej, mm-hmm. so again, we're part of this awesome network of churches. Yeah. Though camp is not limited to just folks from our our network mm-hmm. um but kids camp did you grow up going to camp yeah uh all of your <clears throat> when did you go how old were you Gosh, i think started? i was probably what, second grade first or second grade okay, yeah. so i started right at the beginning all right yeah so then you rode the whole tr- train all the, all the way up way. um i was a cit once i got into middle school yeah and still going to youth camp all the way through middle school and high school kids camp um, and youth camp kids camp and youth mm-hmm. camp yeah and then Gosh, uh, I took a hiatus for a while because kids ministry kind of took over and I was still kind of engaged, but I was doing other stuff in, in the church yeah. uh, ministry. My wife ended up taking over kids men for a while. And then, um, yeah, and then I came back as a cabin leader okay. uh, one year. And it was the last year <laughs> that I did that. I know. It's the real Dude, challenge. I got so much props <laughs> and respect I for cabin leaders. I do too. Um, and what's funny is that my son has gotten really spoiled because he really liked coming up as a staff member and like sleeping in the condos and getting his comfortable bed, (laughs) you know, and now he goes, dad, when, when do I get to be staff? And I'm like, dude, like settle, man, you're still in fifth grade. And so he's, uh, you know, he doesn't like the, he doesn't like the, um, the duct tape beds he doesn't like, he the, doesn't like the duct tape beds yeah so and i think adam doesn't like them either <laughs> but... i know now they now they stack them so you get two, two. oh so like because it one was not good so twice of twice of the too not much good. duct tape is i guess better <laughs> for you two together make them 
really bad. Yeah. yeah so, but yeah, no, it's, you know, it's great. I, I came back as staff the following year. I've been doing staff ever since until this past year where I was, um, you know, camp director for my first time. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to that role. I love it. How many things have I lassoed you into? <laughs> <laughs> It was great, and honestly, like everything that could go wrong went wrong that that camp. It was, it was rough. <laughs> it but was rough. Yeah, we learned some things. Oh my gosh! We yeah, no, it was. I I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. Hey, we still had camp, right? Yeah, we that's still had right. camp. We, nobody died. Nobody died. Nobody and, died. Yeah, that and, happened. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's sad to think that, and I, I didn't mean to joke, but um, but yeah, like right at the very end, I was eating breakfast on the last morning, and I was literally I was looking at my 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 watch, and I'm like. At one hour, one more yeah, hour, man. and it's all it's all back on Tim and at this point. We used to be a five day camp. I know, and now we're only a four know, day camp. Only four only days. Only three sleeps. That's what I tell people. Yeah, it's only three sleeps. You can do that. Yeah, but my breakfast was interrupted that last morning okay. by a phone call, and I went over, and somebody backed their car into the into the dorms. Yes. <laughs> so that was a good way to go out. Yeah, but... with the hurrah, with with <laughs> with. Damage to the building. Yeah. yeah. And it was bad, too. It was. It was it bad. Was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both for the car and yeah, the building. I know. So, I know. Oh, well. Anyways, I slept good yeah. that night, though. <laughs> right. And you do. You have the best sleep when camp is over. Best sleep. But there are, you know, camp, uh, I I believe it is a life-changing mm-hmm. kind of story. A Absolutely, life-changing yeah. event. And um, God shows up in amazing ways because mm-hmm. I do believe it's because we create a space mm-hmm. to be with God yeah. and the kids, um, we get to teach them how, mm-hmm. and more often than not, the kids teach me how, <laughs> right. To, yeah. uh, how, what it is to hang out with the Lord, to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I know we could talk about all the great memories and stuff. Can you tell me any of the spiritual ways yeah. that you think camp may have been, a part of you, you know, of, of God forming in mm-hmm. your life as, yeah. a, as a kid. Yeah. Um, I, I know that it's uh, a lot of people's same um, testimony and story that have either grown up in ministry or been called to ministry at camp. That's where I felt God calling me to, really? to ministry. And, awesome. um, you know, Camp was a lot simpler back then too, though. Yeah, you know, I, know I and I love you know I love the LED wall that we have now. I think it's cool. You know, I love it when we have the American Idol lights. But every now and then, I think about what it was like when I was going to camp, and we, just we put had flashlights under our chin. Flashlights. We had no <laughs> AC in the chapel, none, none. and we would turn the lights off just so that way it would be somewhat cooler. We had yes. overhead transparencies. Oh. And, you know, Susie Starr would sing Pharaoh, Pharaoh a billion times and then get up and get, you know, Amos out and do his thing. But it was just, um, you know, it was was simpler back then. And I think that um, obviously we want to change our methods to um, better engage with a younger generation that maybe doesn't have the same. If um, we can. If we can. And we can. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to try to, you know, get to their level and where they are too. And I I understand all that, but I do miss the simplicity of that. But that's where I I felt God called me to ministry. And I didn't know what that was. And it honestly, um, I'm still 
figuring out it's an ever evolving process and it is yeah yeah Yeah. and so you know I always thought that I was going to be like following my daddy's footsteps as a pastor and now I'm like "Mm, I'm more bivocational Uh and you know and now I'm more behind the scenes Uh and you know um, I've always kind of you've gotten up there I have I've preached I've preached a few times Yeah. yeah but I've always um you know I've I've had discussions with people about whether or not this is accurate but I've I, this is how I live my life is that the need is the call. And, um, I, I know that my, maybe, and this, maybe this is my calling, but is to, you know, is to really help other people in whatever their circumstance, whatever their ministry is, wherever they are is to help them. And I'm seeing that even just what I do at Disney is, is my calling is to, is to really help people. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you about me, too. Please. I want to know. <laughs> because my, I have a similar, felt the calling from God to ministry at camp. Mm-hmm. And um, it was post-service on a, a morning chapel at a place called Talkwitz Pines. We used that campground for a season while Pinecrest was under construction. And I can remember leaving that chapel and walking across the campus and I could still, my eyes were still blurry from tears because, mm. you know, I'm a crier. <laughs> <laughs> and I just felt so, I mean, what am I, 10 years old? You're 10. You, how old is Link? You're 11. Son. 11, yeah. okay. And there's something about that preteen, I'll tell you. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by the altar experience I had had in the chapel. We were supposed to be moving towards time when we're going to go eat and I'm walking outside and I I see a log on the ground and so I just dropped to my knees at the log and prayed mm. and I just remember saying God what however you want to use me yeah. however you want to use me my answer is yes mm. yes again 10 11 I don't know preteen for sure at camp and it's uh part of it is the lack of distractions mm-hmm you know, and that we're having chapel twice a day. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, it was really kind of three times a yeah. day, which is crazy a lot, <laughs> you know, and the kids are cracking open their Bibles, mm-hmm. you know, together and with their counselors and their space, yeah. you know, to hang out and be with God. And he really does take first place mm-hmm. um, in our life. And I do, it shows me that God's eager to um, press in mm-hmm. and to talk to us and yeah. show us, and I do think we miss out usually because we're we're not there. Mm-hmm. We're not in that headspace of yeah. seeking him. If we seek him, we're going to find him. Yeah. We're going to find him. And I found him at camp. Mm. And you did too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, um, one of the biggest um, takeaways from camp is how kids um, can leave identifying uh, who they are in Christ. Yes. And I think that is just so huge, especially in today's world Absolutely. where there's so much confusion. And, um, and I think us as a church, as a church body, as a, as a group of Christians, um, really need to, um, maybe capitalize more on what the post camp experience is like and to mm. cultivate that, a lot more too, because I, I think a lot of kids and youth come back from camp and they're all jazzed up and hyped. 
And I know that it's a mountain high experience and that, and it's supposed to be that. Yeah. But you know, how do we maintain that and how do we still continue to encourage younger people to pursue that and whatever that calling is, if it was a calling that, how do they pursue that? You know, if God is, has delivered them from something, how do they still continue to live in that deliverance? Right, right, right. And, um, and, but that, but camp is that most important starting place where they get to experience it is that. A, it's often is a launching point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we worked on quite a few other ministry projects together. Mm-hmm. So I, I call it brick and mortar kids convention. Yes. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's like a real house, real church, <laughs> you know, six, seven, eight hundred kids yeah. in one room you concert. Know, what we're doing now is yeah. uh, KidCon Party Live. Yeah. And um, it doesn't go without its uh, technical difficulties. And yeah, 2023 20, was oh rough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, <clears throat> um, you know, I still get ticks every now and then I thinking too. about <laughs> it. And it was it was rough, and you know, and uh, if you are listening and you have been a part of any of those events, you know, thank you so much for your patience and your continued support and encouragement. It's not easy, um, and I think again, still trying to figure out that post pandemic, um, what do we do, kind of thing. But um, but yeah, I, I really do miss brick and mortar uh, kid cons. They was well, fun. since you said that, yeah, letting you know in March, the month of March. I could say March 15th is the real date for KidCom mm-hmm. Party Live, but it's going to probably be spread out over the month. Okay. So we have 12 regions. Our goal is to have 12 actual location of KidCon rally nights. Nice. So you would, as a church, would have the option, and I hope your number one option is to rally your own kids mm-hmm. and go to one of those in your in driving distance yeah. for you to take your kids to the Orange County, to mm-hmm. the LA, to the Visalia, mm-hmm. you know, KidCon yeah. Party Live event that is will be happening on a Friday night nice. in the month of March. And if it's like, you know, that's really just, we can't do it. We can't make that our whatever drive. Then you will have some... Uh, Event, some ways to throw a party yeah. digitally yeah. to throw the party at your own church. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that's cool. But I love fun, it. it's, it's, it's a hybrid, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hybrid. Yeah. I think, you know, you and I were just talking about, um, uh, churches reengaging after, um, after COVID and it was just kind of a, a you know, a, a tug of war of trying to figure out the comfortability, but you know, it's a different experience. You don't get the same experience from your couch at it's home. True. Yeah. And I love the analogy of what you said is that you can watch, you know, a video of a fireplace on the TV and it might give you, you know, some of those Christmas, you know, crackle vibes, but yeah. at the same time, you're not getting any warmth from it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get the smell, you don't get the experience. It's true. And, um, you know, and but you don't have to clean out the hearth either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flush the That's toilet. That's also so true. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I and I, both sides. And I, well, I think I think that digital online um, has its has its purpose, has its yeah. place, has its yeah, necessity. Um, and I'm I'm grateful that we have the medium and that it's become very affordable for everybody yeah. to use it. But uh, but I you know nothing for me beats you know like we did virtual camp one year and there's nothing that'll beat a real in person camp experience for sure. So for sure. Well, it's all, just about time for us to wrap this up, man. Okay, I feel like I talked a lot. Like, I, I, I should have asked like you more I questions. I talked a lot. <laughs> we will do more of these since we, yes. we, you and I together, mm-hmm. we are co-hosts of this podcast. Yes, we are. So, so I'll we are going to get used to each, of, <laughs> each other's voices quite a bit. And, uh, you know, as, whoa. Well, 
I think that's one of our kids. <laughs> How have y'all heard that? But sent something down my spine wow. there. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I want to ask you one more question. Yes. So PK to PK. Yeah. In case you don't know what I'm talking about there, I'm pastor's kid. Uh-huh. DJ is a pastor's kid, and so am I. When did Jesus become, if you can recall mm-hmm. that, more than just a flannel graph character, person that your dad always mm-hmm. always yelling about from the yeah. pulpit? When did he become something personal to you? College. 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 Okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm somewhat happy that it happened when I was at an age that was more um I was more mature mentally, mm-hmm. you know maybe not so much more mature mentally, but um it when I I guess growing up as a PK and I'll I'll keep this story brief, but um uh, my mom actually made uh, Jesus understandable and the idea of sin understandable to me because I hated bugs. I still don't like bugs. I hated worms, but my mom said anytime we sinned, and this will be a great story, mom, she'll like this one, um, but anytime I sinned that I got worms inside of me. I, oh, got, I got I got sin worms. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I haven't told my kids that, but this is how she, this is how she raised her son. And She's um, grandma, though. She was- yeah, I know. <laughs> my kids are going to come up to me. I'm a daddy. I got worms. But uh, yeah, so I had sin worms. And the only way I got rid of those is if I asked Jesus for forgiveness and to come into my heart. And so that's, um, that was my, uh, my uh, initiation into Christianity. And, uh, it, but I went through middle school and high school, you know, I had a lot of, you know, hardcore engagements with Christ all the way through those times, but I don't think it was until college that I was pursuing, um, Christ because I wanted to pursue Christ. Um, and I, and reading my Bible and memorizing, memorizing scripture, I was doing it because it was, um, it was a passion and I finally found that relationship and that love for Jesus. Um, but Yeah. It, it wasn't until college that okay. it was really sparking for me. Yeah, that he became very real to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. That's, that mm-hmm. happened before you got married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I led my wife to Christ before. Did you really? I did, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. That's amazing. Yep, when I met her. Can she, that be my nugget today? <laughs> please, yes. Missionary dating can work. <laughs> we don't recommend it. We don't it. recommend it, but well, it worked well, in my it, case. It was pre-marriage, though, that you led her to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, she, um, you know, she was very interested in me. I, I, you know, just wasn't in the place that I wanted to start dating again. And um, and I knew that she wasn't a believer. And she's been to Harvest a bunch of times. She grew up like, it's crazy. All of her, a lot of her friends and her neighbors, hardcore believer, but she was never, you know, yeah. and she went to, you know, a couple of churches out in Riverside. It is and, a decision, um, isn't it? Yeah. And so, uh, but I told her, I was like, I don't, you know, she, she was very forward that she wanted to, you know, go out with me. And I told her no. <laughs> And, uh, so yeah, yeah, we stayed, you know, um, talking and stayed really good friends. And then, um, you know, I, you know, would tell her about Jesus all the time. And I gave her uh, one of the Bibles I had in my car and then she, you had one of the Bibles in your car. Yeah. Yeah. I kept a Bible in my car and, uh, she, um, uh, yeah. One day she told me, she said she started reading Matthew and she felt God, calling her to so him cool. and uh, she so goes I don't cool. know if I did it right but I think I asked Jesus in my heart and I was like you did it right, you did it right. <laughs> yeah if you want to follow Jesus and you asked him in you, you did it right yeah so. she did do it right yeah well I mean again 
you did most of the talking. But do you have any gold for that you any nuggets you found today? Something that rose in your head that from our discussions together. Yeah, um, I think from hearing you talk and I, and we and we've we've had many convers hours and hours of conversations outside of this microphone, but. Um, but I think that one of the biggest nuggets uh, when it comes to ministry is that it is a sacrifice. Yeah. And um, and we don't do it alone, and we help each other out when we can. But um, but for me, my personal life is that where I am in ministry is that it's it's become kind of the forefront of what I'm doing here uh, with my church body. But um, it's not easy. But the rewards are 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 so much easier than the struggles and the hardships. Absolutely. So, um, I, would, I, I know maybe it's not the happy nugget, but <laughs> I would say that, you know, it's a sacrifice. Yeah. And well, it's a realistic it, nugget. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And God is always going to, um, you know, come through. He's always going to provide. It might not look and be the way that you thought it or you wanted it to be, but it's always going to happen. You know, um, one of the things that, uh, with me working at Disney right now is, um, it's it's very stressful in what I do, and I work in entertainment. And yeah. how stressful can Show. it be? It could be incredibly stressful, on. yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of people in my department are always freaking out because we're running like you know twelve different projects at one time. And um, and one of the things I've been telling everybody is, hey, you know what? Relax. It's all gonna work out. You know, it might not happen how you want it, but at the end. The show is always going to happen. We're mm-hmm. always going to do what we need to do. It's always going to happen. We might need to make adjustments. Things might need to change, but it's always going to happen. And I really feel that that's the same with ministry is that um, it's always going to happen. And it might not be, again, the way that you want it. It might not be in the time frame that you want it. It might not look like the way you want it, but it's always going to happen. And and as long as we are keeping our hearts in the right place, yeah. um, God honors that. He and, does. He does. Um, you know, he's not going to leave us hanging. I believe it becomes... Um our service is it's our reasonable act of worship mm-hmm. it's how it's it's a one of the many ways that we worship mm-hmm. god yeah. is by how we serve and um, do ministry together yeah well as we wrap up today i would like to pray for you listener all right you've been a part of this conversation you've had your own spiritual journey of what kind of jobs that you've had and what things you said yes to or how you came to christ or who was that person that first introduced jesus to you you know i just want to pray for you right Mm -hmm. now father thank you for hanging out with us too and thank you, God, that you use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Thanks, God, that go on for eternity in the lives of all kinds of people. We're just kind of leaning into the kid part, too, uh, because they are a great, great um, at an age and stage to with a wide open window to know and learn your voice. So, Jesus, please take our, our act of worship, our service, and do cool things mm-hmm. with it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us at Kidman Gold. Until next time, bye. This Thank is Robin. you, guys. <laughs> bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Kidman Gold Podcast, hosted by Robin Garvin and DJ Mastin. Produced by Paved Path Productions. Executive producer, Adam Tucker. Special thanks to Grand Central Collective. Now you can stream or download Kidman Gold wherever you get your podcast. It is released every third Tuesday of the month. We want to thank you for listening and have a blessed day.